Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is a special edition of Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Live from the Sirius XM studios in New York City, this is Busted Open. Your only destination for daily pro wrestling talk in the entire world. From the independent scene to the main event of WrestleMania, no one covers pro wrestling like Busted Open. Eddie Guerrero was busted open. Hot topics, breaking news, and interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. A show designed for the fan by the fan. Old school. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object meets new school. Busted open. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Live now. This is Busted Open's Top 10 Feuds Special. Here are your hosts, Dave LaGreca and ECW legend Tommy Dreamer. Welcome to Busted Open Top 10 Feuds of all time. That's right, we're looking at what we feel on Busted Open is the top 10 greatest pro wrestling feuds of all time and who better to be my partner in this great 60 minutes of beautiful audio talking about the history of pro wrestling than my brother from another mother the innovator of violence the landlord of the house of hardcore himself tommy dreamer tommy how are you man I'm doing great, bud. And man, when you talk about controversy, this list, when we put it out there on social media, it's going to go insane because everyone's going to have their own uh, opinions about feuds. But, you know, you and I had to sit there. Normally we do two uh, lists, but we decided to go another route. Uh, Maybe you can explain why, but uh, I think this is going to be argued throughout the generations. Yeah, I'm in outer space freaking you out right now. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons that Mother Marissa, and Mother Marissa was the commissioner when it came to putting this list together. First of all, I think everyone who listens to us together, they realize that a lot of our lists are pretty identical. Now, there were a few placements and a couple of feuds that we didn't agree on, but for the most part, I think this is pretty spot on. And I think it's going to be a top 10 list that not only you and I agree with, but that the nation agrees with. And if they don't, that's fine. You just go to at busted open radio and tell us what you feel should be number one, number two, one through 10. So the nation is always a big part of this as well, but let's dive right into it. And when we look at the top 10 at number 10, Tommy is stone cold versus Vince McMahon, man. This was the feud that really, to me started the entire must watch television uh, Austin 316 was in everybody was wearing t-shirts at this time period. It was so cool to be a wrestling fan, kind of like how it is now, but it was good versus evil. And that's what all these feuds are about. It's about, uh, a main topic or a main issue. And it is what every single person wants to do. And that is go at it with their boss. And they built this up and they built this up. The, the Vince McMahon character came with the whole Bret Hart and Bret screwed Bret and he became probably one of the greatest heels and characters. And then on the cusp of that came the greatest baby face in Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this was must-see television. And every week you knew there was going to be some interaction. And every time it did, it was just, it was a ratings darling. And it was just, if you think of how many crappy stunners Vince McMahon would take, but we would still love it each and every week. And I think this is probably the most controversial pick in our top 10 because I'm sure there's a lot of fans, Tommy, that would probably put Stone Cold and Vince McMahon at number one on their top 10 feuds. I did a lot of research when looking into making my list and you know, a lot of websites because, you know, a lot of younger fans, maybe fans that have only been watching for the last 20 to 25 years, 
this would be the feud that would top the list. But, you know, you and I go way back when it comes to pro wrestling and the history of pro wrestling. And especially when we're doing a lot of our territory specials, I think there's a lot of feuds that maybe are not the tip of a lot of fans' tongues. But I think this is going to be the most controversial pick. But do you agree that, Tommy, that a lot of fans would probably have this higher on their list. Absolutely. Especially for the business that it did. But I mean, you and I are going over this back and forth where commissioner, uh, Jack Tunney, he wasn't available. So commissioner mother Marissa has to step in. And I mean, you think of the feuds that we did not mention Hogan, Andre, uh, Bachwinkle versus Vern Gagne. There's the list could go on and on. We could talk about this forever. I, I agree where people were saying, Hey, the business that they did. But to me, it's, at sometimes there was comedy involved. And when you're in a feud, you really don't want to have comedy. Um, and as well as it will last forever. But like to me, Stone Cold became like the top, top baby face. And Vince McMahon was at that time the top heel. But Stone Cold moved on. Vince went like in a different direction. Sometimes, like I said, the comedy and, you know, there's such great moments but like the feuds that we're talking about is personal issues. Yeah. That they had, but like blood spilled, you know, beating up a family member, beating up, uh, you know, laying you in a pool of blood. There, there's just so many different issues. And to me, the comedy aspect is why I had it at such a higher number, you know, because of the whole, you know, what and stone cold said, you know, and, and all the times it, it's, it, it's funny but it's not funny because you're talking to someone that took a feud for three years to beat a person. I mean, how, how many stunners did Vince McMahon take each and every week? And yeah, we still reacted. Yeah. We still love it. We waited for it uh, for two hours to see if it was going to happen or we waited for it on a pay-per-view. But in, and we also knew Vince McMahon was not a great wrestler as opposed to Stone Cold Steve Austin, though he did uh, step in the ring many, many times and, and get his ass beat. But I think to me, that's why it's, uh, it's number 10 for me. I don't know what it, why it's number 10 for you. But going over this, we have, seriously, we left out uh, a, a blood feud of Carlos Colon and Bruiser Brody. We left out, you know, the old Dusty Rhodes and the Assassins, Dusty Rhodes and the Andersons for so many different reasons. So th- this is a hard list, but it definitely, for some people, is going to be higher up there. But for us, we left it at number 10. And you mentioned about Vince McMahon not being a quote-unquote pro wrestler. When you look at the number nine slot on our top ten greatest feuds, that would be two wrestlers coming from two different ends of the spectrum. And really what you said before caused our number ten. So that's why it's higher on our list, and that's Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Man, when you want to talk about the two workhorses, of world wrestling entertainment. You know, WWE was always the bigger man's territory, but when business was down, they put that rocket on or that saddle on the wrestlers, and it was the smaller wrestlers. And Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, two Hall of Famers for a reason. And I also want to say they were two guys from a different schooling or a different era that had, you know, on-camera heat, but why this was so intriguing was the real personal heat and the real personal fist fights that went on behind the scenes. And when you are in a feud and you are so inundated with hatred between somebody, you know, we always say life uh, imitates art. And these two guys are going to go at it. These are two of the greatest technical wrestlers, two of the greatest wrestlers of all time. They had a personal issue and they, each and every week, we could not wait to see them beat the living crap out of each other. And I think the big word and why it's on our list and our top 10 greatest feuds of all time is the fact that there was realism. And when you talk about realism, you have to go to our number eight in our top 10 greatest feuds of all time. And that is coming out of Puerto Rico, Carlos Colon and Abdul the Butcher. (laughs) Man, when you talk about blood and you talk about a personal feud, and you talk about business. This is on a small island. And I have had plenty of conversations with Carlos about his feud. And they, in Puerto Rico, believed for years that these guys were mortal enemies. Carlito, his son, 
believed that his father was getting, you know, killed out there because Carlos wasn't smarting up his own son. And Carlito would watch his father bleed and he'd want to kick Abdul the Butcher's ass. So you can imagine what the fans would want to do. And these guys filled stadiums uh, all the time on this small island with thousands and thousands of people just want to see each other literally beat the living crap out of each other until they were bloody in the face. And we talked about the wrestling magazines. That's how I knew about this feud because it was just covered in blood. Yeah, you're right. And I love what you said about the wrestling magazines because probably more than any other feud that's on our list, Tommy, I really depended on the magazines to, to know what the story and how the story was following up with each and every match that they had. I wasn't able to watch this play out on pay-per-views like we saw with Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. I wasn't able to see this play out each and every week like a lot of the feuds that we're going to talk about. This was one that I strictly read in the magazines and seeing those horrific photographs of a, a bloodied Abdul the Butcher, seeing those pictures of Carlos Colon literally with a fork in his forehead, those scenes that like a guy that we've spoken to before, like a George Napolitano, like we really depended on the descriptions and the pictures to really know what this feud was all about. Yeah, and, you know, it went from Puerto Rico. It did go to Mid-Atlantic. Uh, I remember both of you and I were pissed, and we didn't know each other that we were supposed to see this match at Night of Champions, and one yep. of them no-showed. It was Abdullah. And, you, you know, you just knew about this vicious, vicious man, and, and I wish and hope one day we could get Carlos on the show just to talk about the business that him and Abby did because he told me a story once where he was uh, getting beat down by two people that uh, – and he, I don't remember who the two guys were. And they went, he went to Abdul the Butcher's home to ask him to be his partner. And we all thought it was going to happen. It was going to happen. And then Abdul the Butcher literally beat him up in the street. And people were, they wanted to kill him. I mean, th this was when we say it's real as real can be, there'd be riots. And for us witnessing it, and, and I can't wait because WWE now owns all that footage. I cannot wait for WWE to put that footage on. Uh, the network because I get to see what I got to see through the magazines. And like you said, I can picture right now, Abdul the butcher with a something wrapped in white tape and sticking it in Ab Carlos Colon's mouth. And I was just like, God, I have to see these two people wrestle. And I had no clue who Carlos Colon was, but I thought at the time he was the baddest man in the world. Yeah. And I think when you look at the rest of the feuds we're going to have on this list, there's going to be some realism, but definitely images that are you know just melted in the brain of each and every pro wrestling fan and a lot of stories and we're going to continue and the controversy may continue as well because when we come back it's going to be our number seven our number six and our number five when tommy and i are back right here on a very special edition of busted open top 10 greatest feuds of all time. WWE legend, The Undertaker. I have tried my hardest to protect kayfabe. Honestly, just within the last couple of years, I mean, I would cringe when I would hear people, you know, like we're doing now, like talking openly about behind the scenes stuff. It would just like, I, I'd grit my teeth and this, I think I was the real last holdout to, to kayfabe. Listen to Busted Open's interview with WWE legend, The Undertaker, on demand now via the SiriusXM app. Just search Busted Open Interviews now free from most subscribers. This is Busted Open's Top 10 Feuds Special on SiriusXM Fight Nation. Here are your hosts, Dave LaGreca, ECW legend, Tommy Dreamer. Welcome back to a very special edition of Busted Open, our Top 10 Greatest Feuds of all time. And of course, doing with the innovator of violence, the landlord house, hardcore Tommy Dreamer. Uh, just so you know, we have a very special guest coming up in about 15 minutes, somebody that's involved in our number four feud of all time. I'm not going to give away who it is, but we are going to have a guest on that's involved in our number four feud of all time. And I think that's going to cause a lot of controversy, Tommy. Well, thanks for telling me, keeping me in the dark here. I appreciate it. That's why you're the host, and I'm just one of your minions. I'm like, uh, I'm like one of the stooges, like when Vince McMahon's, uh, I'm either Briscoe or Patterson. Thank you, no. Mr. LaGreca. Appreciate You're my partner. My, Mother Marissa just threw it at me last <laughs> second, so I didn't, have, I didn't know it was happening either. That's good. Uh, but let's get back into our, 
our feuds again at number 10 we had stone cold and vince mcmahon at number nine we had Shawn michaels and bret hart at number eight we had carlos cologne and abdul the butcher and at number seven and this is where you know having just one list is tough because this was much higher on my list and that is the rock and roll express going up against the midnight express i can totally agree with you and a lot of people are going to have problems with that this feud started in memphis and then it went to mid-south and then it carried over to uh wcw and then smoky mountain a little bit of wwe when you talk about a feud to do business this has always done business and and talking about tag teams where these guys innovative and their tag team stuff and still had such a feud. They made it personal with the manager each and every week who was laid out. If it was Ricky Morton or Robert Gibson injured or laying in a pool of blood. And then the baby faces finally get their comeuppance. But what I'm trying to say is the personal issues and that mouth of Jim Cornette and their innovative wrestling and tag team specialists. Why uh, this is such a great, great, feud in professional wrestling and not too long ago tommy you and i sat down with ricky morton and this is what he had to say about the feud with the rock and roll express and the midnight express in my opinion i think it's the greatest lasting feud in professional wrestling because we had some matches with these guys that were unbelievable but then but see guys when things work you have to carry it a territory you have a lot of guys that depend on you to make a living because we didn't have contracts and I, I never had a contract. You got paid by how many butts you put in the seats. So as you went on, see, even though we did the Faithful Midnight Express in Louisiana, see, you had to have people to get us over. And we had several, several uh, feuds going on with people, see, because and we did the same thing going into Louisiana. It was Nikolai Volkov and Barry Dorso that got us over and got us ready for the Midnight Express. And guys, man, I mean, and, and they did a heck of a job of doing it. I think the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express will go down in history just because of the Expresses and just because of how much he, Jimmy Cornette had and what great workers Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane, and Dennis Condry were. And, you know, Ricky Morton talks about making the territory. And that was Ricky Morton right here on Busted Open. He talks about making the territory. That's exactly what our number six did and our number six feud on our list. And that's Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. Man, when you talk about business, I was a tape trader. I never got Memphis wrestling, but I knew all about Memphis wrestling from tape trading and from the magazines. And you talk about, we all know about Bruno San Martino's sellouts at Madison Square Garden. But Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee sold out the Mid-South Coliseum on a weekly basis about their feuds. And they just kept on upping it up in a personal uh, vendetta. They shaved Bill Dundee's wife's head. They shaved uh, Bill Dundee's head. Who, one was a heel, one was a babyface. They flip-flopped it and their business worked. And when you talk about a territory being hot, uh, and also behind the scenes, I know Bill Dundee has had issues with Jerry Lawler, and Jerry Lawler has had issues with Bill Dundee. And these two guys, they would switch the book uh, behind the scenes. And when I'm, I'm just telling you, a real, another real-life situation transpired on television. Well, you talk about their personal issues. That's exactly what Bill Dundee told us right here on Busted Open. Back then, he wasn't in love with me, and I wasn't in love with him. But at the, in the interviews, we would say things back for that day about one another. He said, that little shot off a runt. Who does he think he is? And I said, well, I know a working out son of a gun. I mean, he, we'll find out who I am when we get into the ring. So we had kind of put real feelings into what we was doing, and he liked working with me, and it clicked. And when you're drawing money, they'll just run it. Till don't draw no more, and we've been around 40 years together. So it, it clicked, but we never went to one another's houses. We never rode up and down the road together. We just saw one another the night of the show, and that was it. 
Well, you talk about personality clashes. That's exactly what the feud in our number five slot was all about. And to me, this feud is actually number one on my personal list. But in our combined busted open list, it's at number five. And that's Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. When you talk about personal issues and you talk about a clash of styles and a clash of personalities, Dusty Rhodes, the common man, Ric Flair, the nature boy, Dusty Rhodes perceived as the family man, nature boy uh, perceived as the the man, the the guy who partied every night, Uh, Dusty driving a pickup truck, Ric Flair and limousines, this feud and the business that they did and switching for the NWA title or, or the, the later, the WCW uh, championship. This was personal issues. Who was breaking whose leg? We had the horseman who would turn on poor Dusty. Everybody turned on Dusty. Um, there was so many interesting levels of this feud where today, if Dusty was still alive and Ric Flair uh, was still, you know, you, I never wanted to see those two guys ever working as a cohesive unit ever. Well, you know what? I don't think this is going to be the last time that we see Dusty Rhodes on this list. And when we come back, Tommy, we're also Mm -hmm. going to speak to somebody who's involved in our number four top ten feud in our top ten greatest feuds of all time right here on Busted Open. You're listening to Busted Open's Top Ten Feuds Special on your home for pro wrestling, Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, Anfield has erupted, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a derby day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching More Than a Game. The feuds that will forever be cemented in wrestling history. This is Busted Open's Top 10 Feuds Special on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Welcome back to Busted Open Top 10 Greatest Feuds of All Time with my partner, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer. And let's recap so far the feuds that we've talked about. At number 10, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. At number 9, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. At number 8, Carlos Colon and Abdul the Butcher. At number seven, Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express. At number six, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. At number five, and I had to do this one, kicking and screaming, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. And let's talk about number four. And who better, Tommy, than to talk about the number four feud than the innovator of violence himself. And of course, Raven, who's our guest, talking about Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Raven, how are you today? Uh, good, other than the fact that Dreamer's on the same program. I can't believe I, I'm the co-host of this show. I've been so loyal to you, and you bring in him without telling me. This is just, Bub is right what he says about you. Well, I mean, we are talking the top 10 greatest feuds of all time. And if Tommy Dreamer is going to host it, we are going to have to get Raven on. Because, Raven, I think you would agree, when you look at the feud that you had with Tommy and ECW, it is truly memorable and truly one of the greatest feuds of all time. It actually would have been even, even more incredibly memorable uh, if me and Tommy had had our way. Because uh, when I left there the first time, me and Tommy, he didn't want to lose and I didn't want to put him over. And so we wanted to – we both knew I'd be back someday. So. Um, so Paul, but Paulie, I understand Paulie's position. He had to, uh, he had to make sure that Tommy got his win before I left, but how great would that have been if, if, if I would have left and Tommy never got his win? <laughs> that would have yeah. would have been great. <laughs> but but I agree know. with, uh, let me agree with him. I'll go on the record. Yeah. We, we didn't want it to happen because we knew it would be back. And, uh, just, I wanted that to be where I, I couldn't beat him and, uh, you know, it all worked out, but. My favorite part uh, and why I had this a lot higher, Raven, we had to come put our two lists together. Apparently I had it at two and not due to uh, personal ego because then it would have been number one. And I'm sure if you wrote the (laughs) list, same as well with you. But uh, just because of two, just so it looks like it was an ego. (laughs) (laughs) But mine was for 
one, the amount of detail we put in, uh, as well as forget about the amount of blood that we put in, but also the amount of characters that spawned from this feud. And I mean, we also, we pretty much carried on our feud from ECW. It wasn't at all the same in WWE, but there was just different times whenever we worked, you know, for the hardcore title, or I got you kicked off of Raw, then you got, you beat me on Heat so you could go back to Raw. And then we even do stuff in Impact uh, throughout the years. It still worked. And even recently, you've showed up on Impact. At times, you're my friend. At times, you cane me uh, in the face and I bleed and have to go to a hospital during the beginning of a pandemic. You don't care about me. <laughs> but uh, to me, the biggest thing is the, few, uh, is the people that spawned from this. And it was, you know, Stevie, Beulah, Francine, the Pitbulls, Bruce Brothers, Brian Lee. The Dudleys. Um, the Dudleys, Meanie, then the BWO. All these uh, different people came about almost as your hench people. And they then went on and had careers as well. And, you know, even when we recently, as of, you know, this year, got together in Atlanta, the moment they see us, they don't know what's going to go on, and they will still chant ECW for the memories that we gave them. I think I finally figured it out best in that promo I did where I said that uh, I'm not sure whether I love you or hate you. And, Correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, at some point, hate, you know, hate and love are just complete opposites, but they kind of blur together at, at certain at – the, uh, at the boundaries. And uh, – but I do miss I do miss being like seeing you in person because then I can throw food in the ground and step on it and you'll still eat it. <laughs> wow! No, it's that's old school. I don't do that. I won't do that anymore because I love. No, I won't. The pandemic has changed my uh, lifestyle. Plus, uh, really, I lost a lot of my offense. I can't eat any food that I find when I'm wrestling. I can't drink a drink and spit it in somebody's face. Like half my offense is gone due to this corona. Yeah, what are you? So. How are you surviving not being at shows? I, uh, well, every Wednesday, I, I call it a blading Wednesday. And uh, Thursday, I do rolls. Fridays, I take bumps. I wrestle. Uh, I take, uh, you know, imaginary wrestles. I still have my old school wrestling buddies. And I just, uh, you know, do jobs to them every once in a while. <laughs> you know, guys, talk about the length of this feud, because it was a lengthy feud. And, you know, nowadays, we're used to uh, feuds lasting, you know, a few weeks leading up to a pay-per-view. Your feud lasted for years. And Raven, let me ask you first, like, how were you and Tommy able to keep up the longevity? And not only the longevity, but the fan interest all that time. Because we're complete, like, opposites, you know. He's the nice guy. I'm the dirtball, you know. Uh, but also we keep it intelligent, you know. We keep it very we, – we don't, we don't talk down to our audience. We, we, we make them come up to our level. Or they're, or they're already at our level. But, um, but you know, you, there's something to be said for not treating the audience like a bunch of dumb marks, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I've been told before my promos are too highbrow, people don't get it, but, you know, it's like, uh, you know, people, people don't want to be talked down to. People are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. You know, they're also not as smart as, you know, the smart fans aren't as smart as they think they are by any stretch of the imagination. But by the same token, though, they're, the fans are not anywhere near as dumb as everybody thinks, you know. And D Dave, uh, you know, when, when Raven says we were complete opposites, you know, I was the popular kid. He was uh, the not-so-popular kid. I was the jock. He was the unathletic kid. Uh, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but we, everyone, everything that we did was so relatable that, you know, hey, and people ask us about what summer camp we, we went to. And we had a, a personal issue, you know, again, it was also over a girl and all the different things that we did. We also did a lot of firsts and it was the creative freedom of two wrestling fans because Raven, you know, he was a, a wrestling fan uh, growing up in, in West Palm Beach watching Dusty Rhodes and all sorts of Florida wrestling. And then we're also wrestling fans watching Jerry Lawler. So much of the stuff that we took from other heated heated angles and then incorporated to at that but, time but, you but know here, but here's 90s success we, we took we we didn't take we didn't steal other angles we we figured out what made them click and then we took the i the concept and applied it and put our own spin on it 
But th that's the part of the problem is people just do what they see. So they go, well, I'm going to do this thing because somebody else did it. But if you don't know why they did it, then you can't truly perfect. Then you can't, then all you're doing is just copying them. You're not, you're not making it part of your own vernacular. Understood. Would you say that your feud with Tommy Raven was probably the last of like the old school pro wrestling feuds? Uh, the me and Sandman was cause that, cause that came right after me and Tommy, but then me and Tommy kept, well, me and Sandman kept going too, but it didn't have the legs of me and Tommy. It, I mean, it has legs. Don't get me wrong, but it's still, when people think of ECW, they think of me and Tommy, but a lot of it's because the, uh, it's, it's so simple. He could never beat me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he was in love. He, you know, there was a fat girl that was in love with him that, that I slept with. Cause you know, that's what I got. And he couldn't, uh, and he didn't have one, nothing to do with her. And then she comes back and she's hot. I mean, you know, people, everybody knows somebody that, that has something to do with that kind of relationship, you know? Um, and, and the fact that he couldn't pin me for so long, even when he finally did pin me, all it did was end like, you know, the first act. <laughs> that was the end of the first act. And then from there, every, like, like people don't realize, but, you know, that, that the way it was built, the whole thing was just a prelude to the rest of the feud. Him finally beating me was just a prelude to what came after. And, you know, uh, like Bill Dundee said, too, you know, for me and Raven, we really didn't hang out in the same circles. We didn't uh, hang out after shows. Uh, and though we were at the time friends, but that was just it was a different business for us. And if we're talking about today, I could probably list two feuds that of current wrestlers like, you know, right now it's Edge and Randy Orton and maybe Cody and M MJF are the only real feuds and Randy and edge went personal, but they didn't have a three year storyline that has still carried on today. Cause whenever I even see it, you know, when we recently were in impact when people stand, when, when people see me and Raven, uh, younger wrestlers, they'll be like, I'll see people pointing at us. And they also don't know whether we like each other or cause we just go at it a lot. Cause uh, we do, but we don't. <laughs> it's in a friendlier way, but what I'm trying to say is like people don't know what you're going to get. And it's funny. Like uh, we just did a recent story. He came to save, he cleared the ring cause I was down. Everyone's like, yeah, here comes Raven. And then he came me in the face and it's just like, Oh, and they've seen it so many times, but they never know or expect. Cause the last time they saw us together, we shook hands and we took out Eli Drake. And it's just, those are from memories that are over 20 years. And we also, we also never switched roles. Like in a lot of feuds, guys will go baby face, heel back and forth. We've never switched roles in this. He's always, you know, I mean, someday we may, but if we do it, it'll be one time, you know, but it's already been what, uh, 95, 25 years, you know? So, uh, you know, it's been 25 years, but that it's, a, that it's simple. He's a baby face. I'm the heel. Sometimes I start to show signs of, of doing the right thing. And then other times I don't. And so you never really know what's coming. And I think that people enjoy me turning on them almost as much as, as I enjoy turning on them. <laughs> but by the same token, so they're kind of, so there's a certain letdown factor also if I don't turn on them, which is, which is ironically weird. And even when Raven returned to ECW and on his night, which was one of the loudest pops ever, the, loudest. the history of ECW. Second uh, loudest was, after Gordy's. No, it was first. Your second was yours in Queens. Sandman's return in Philly was the loudest ever. Thank you. Let's continue. And he was still my partner, uh, but he like he would turn on me. He liked the glory of the title and everything that we did. You know, we fought for the one cause, but then the main cause was you know usually Raven. And what about him? Is all about Raven. And you know, we just we had and also, still do had, have an amazing. They had really identifiable characters. Like, you knew what Raven would do in most any situation because he, he elaborated on that. He, he behaved in a certain way that you could, like, you could profile. And so did Tommy Dreamer. Like, you know, he was always the good guy, the rah-rah. And you knew in any situation how he's going to behave. And you knew how I was going to behave, which lends itself to, to knowing where things are going. But then we'd always put a twist on the end 
so that you never really saw where it was actually going. And I think the beauty of it, and this is uh, my last question, would it be about wins and losses? Now in 2020, I don't know how important wins and losses are in professional wrestling. In your feud, it was all about that win for Tommy Dreamer. So it's all even, about but it. Even, but even now with wins and losses being less academic, it doesn't matter because everybody understands the concept of one guy can't beat another guy. You know, it doesn't matter if he wins, loses in every other match. He could win every other match and then just not be able to beat me. Um, or by the same token, I could lose every match, but I still beat him every time. You know, it, it, either way, it's like, it's like an unbeaten streak. You know, it's the exact opposite, but the exact same thing, really, is a winning streak, you know? Well, for me, I know there would be no Tommy Dreamer if it wasn't for Raven. He was the perfect yin to my yang. Uh, Luke Skywalker could not get over if there wasn't Darth Vader, and Raven was my Darth Vader. He represents evil and everything that I hate, and I will continue fighting with him uh, till I have no more air left in my body. And he recently said if we were in an old age home together, he would just mess with my meds and mess with my uh, stuff <laughs> while I was dying in an old age home. <laughs> yes. I did, I, I, and I meant it. <laughs> Raven, thank you so much for the time again, talking about our number four feud and our top ten greatest feuds of all time. When we come back, our top three, we're counting them down when Tommy and I are back right here on Busted Open. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. The feuds that will forever be cemented in wrestling history. This is Busted Open's Top 10 Feuds Special on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Welcome back to Busted Open Top 10 Greatest Feuds of All Time. Myself, Dave LaGreca, and the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore himself, Tommy Dreamer. First of all, thank you to Raven. You can follow Raven on all social media platforms at The Raven Effect. Great talking to Raven, Tommy, about the number four feud of all time, you and Raven himself. Man, if you say so. He's all right. Okay. I guess that's that. Um, just he doesn't even follow me on social media. Yeah, well, so you, didn't for, you didn't for the first nine years of our relationship, but let's recap. It's not true. That's absolutely true. But let's recap uh, <laughs> 10 through four at number 10, Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon at number nine. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. At number eight, Carlos Colon and Abdul the Butcher. At number seven, Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express. At number six, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. At number five, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. At number four, as we just mentioned, Tommy Dreamer and Raven. And at number three, and again, another feud where you can make the case that this could be number one, and that is Tommy Wildfire Rich and Mad Dog buzz sawyer man you talk about wildfire you talk about bloodshed it seemed like every single week these two guys went at it both of us kind of grew up watching these two guys beating the living crap out of each other and we waited as wrestling fans it was the holy grail of tapes was to try to find this footage of the the last battle of Atlanta in the first ever war game. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. First ever elimination chamber match, uh, really with Hell a steel cage. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, it was Tommy rich and buzz Sawyer, the last battle of Atlanta. And I remember as a kid, that's all I wanted for Christmas. And these two guys, every single week had just, it was again, opposites. You look at buzz Sawyer back then. We didn't know how he had a, you know, an amateur background, but he was just such a bad ass and Tommy Rich was the babyface country guy who would just go in and fight for what was right and they bled buckets and buckets of blood all throughout Georgia and that's why for me it was uh, so so high 
And to the point, Tommy, where a lot of people say that this really hurt the future of both wrestlers because both Tommy Wildfire Rich and Buzz Sawyer really were never the same after this feud. And it's the feud that helped me fall in love with pro wrestling. I say it all the time. I'm busted open. Tommy Rich was the first face I ever saw when I watched pro wrestling for the first time. And it was during the feud with Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich, who was once a guest on Busted Open, had this to say about Mad Dog, Buzz Sawyer. Most angles don't last eight to ten weeks if you're lucky, maybe 12 back then. And we run around the loop for two years almost. So, you know, a lot of people had their opinion about Buzz, but when you got in the ring with Buzz, he was all business. And, uh, I mean, we had a heck of a run, man. And longest and biggest feud of all time. I mean, that's where the hell in the cell comes from. The cage match with Ben, ben Buzz <laughs> And, but, you know, for, you know, Tommy Rich to talk about Buzz Sawyer in that way. And, you know, Buzz Sawyer left us, you know, quite a year, uh, quite amount of years ago, Tommy. Uh, Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer, two years, like he said, they did the loop. And when he talks about the loop, that was, you know, during the time of Georgia Championship Wrestling. They didn't travel the world. They traveled just around that area during the early 80s of Georgia Championship Wrestling. But just like you and Raven did, you know, in Philly, they were able to keep everyone's attention for those entire two years. Yeah, and in that small area, and we've talked about Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, how small it really was, and, and it was a great place to cut your teeth in professional wrestling to continue to build houses and build a feud for two years, like Tommy said, at that time, is unheard of. And as you mentioned before, they really innovated the Hell in the Cell because they were the first ones that had the cage match with the roof on top of the cage so no one could escape. And then, you know, that last battle of Atlanta, you're right, for a lot of years, and now it's, it's simple. You just put on the WWE Network, and there's the last battle of Atlanta. But, Tommy, for decades and decades, we could not find that match to the point, Tommy, where I kind of doubted myself if that match even happened. <laughs> Because I couldn't find any food, uh, footage of it. I asked Bill after in Miami once about it, and he couldn't recall the match. But uh, that was the holy grail, and now you can watch it on the WWE Network. The final match in that feud, the last battle of Atlanta. And if you think about it, they lied to us because they told us no television cameras would be there. And guess what? It showed up. But hey, for the benefit of uh, wrestling fans, it worked. Well, I well, to, you know what? They were true to their word, Tommy, because the footage that was found was not from a TV camera for for that to be played on any show. It was the actual camera that camera that was in the arena that showed it on the projection screen in the arena. The the tape that you see, and a lot of people complain because there's no angles. There's just one because that footage is the footage from the arena so that they could play it on the big screen for the people that were in the cheap seats. So you really, up until recently, you could not see that match and definitely deserves to be number three on our list of the top 10 greatest feuds of all time. And that number two, again, you can make the case that this could be number one. And we did a, a watch along video that you can find on the busted open podcast, Tommy, of how this feud started in a match between Rick Flair and Kerry Von Erich, but at number two of the top 10 greatest feuds of all time, the Von Erichs and the Freebirds. Yeah, man. And when we did that interview with Kevin Von Erich, which to me was one of my favorite interviews we've ever done together, talking about the territories of world class, you know, he put over the feud for the Von Erichs and like the gentleman that he is. He also talked about the business that he did with, uh, Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez, another great feud, or Kabuki and the Magic Dragon. And it was just for him, right place, right time. Another storyline, they all came in as friends. They were boys with David Von Erich. And then, you know, the Freebird lifestyle wasn't coexisting with the Von Erich's wholesome lifestyle. Closed the cage on, you know, uh, Kerry Von Erich's head, and the war erupted, and the business that they did you know, we could follow it on television because now we have Madison Square Garden Network. The good and the bad was, if you go back and watch it now, the Von Erichs would literally beat them on television. And why the, it, they were so over, the, the good guys were always winning, but the bad guys were able to go back and get heat. 
And that was a big difference in that feud. I don't know if that feud can coexist today uh, that way, but that was a different time and a unique time and a unique way of business back then. Well, you mentioned good versus evil. Kevin Von Erich, when he was a guest right here on Busted Open, described that when talking about it, the feud with the Freebirds. When you're putting something together, good versus evil. The people can sink their teeth into that. They understand it. And when you take real, real points like, like brotherhood, like uh, right and wrong, I mean, it, the people can sink their teeth in that. They feel like they're part of it. And it's, it, it, that's one thing I think they're neglecting nowadays. They, they don't have that aspect. And I think that was imp really important for, for us, for the people to get behind you, you know. And you know what? Kevin Von Erich explained that many times in promos when talking about the feud with the, with the Freebirds. It wasn't, you know, Texas versus the South. It was good versus evil. It was, you know, it was decency versus guys that he thought were immoral. Like, he really did a great job explaining why we have the feuds on this top ten list to begin with. Great job by Kevin Von Erich. Absolutely. And, you know, simplistic in its form, it's, you know, God versus the devil uh everybody if you're every good storyline has it's good versus evil i don't care what book what movie it, it has to have a beginning it has to have an end we saw that with the Freebirds and the von erics and that's why it did such great business all throughout texas and kevin von eric and you tommy both explained and both of you were involved in two of the greatest feuds of all time that are on our list but our number one feud Tommy, the best way to explain it would be good versus evil. Good in its purest form and evil in its darkest form. And that is Dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes, my hero. He was the savior for professional wrestling and along came the devil. That's right, a devil worshiper, a Satan worshiper. And he was everything that the American dream was not. And when you want to talk about personal levels, and I know, Dave, you're just so into this territory now, but I watched Kevin Sullivan stab Dusty Rhodes. I watched him throw ink in Dusty Rhodes' sister's eyes and her screaming and Dusty grabbing his sister as opposed to fighting Kevin, uh, exchanging titles, exchanging you know, the amount of blood, getting Dusty Rhodes to leave Florida. That would be the hottest baby face at the time, uh, if it's compared today, uh, I don't know, Roman Reigns having to leave the WWE because someone made him leave the WWE. Kevin Sullivan made the hottest star have to leave. And yes, then he came back with under a mask as the Midnight Rider and their business continued. And, and they had so many different angles and they had like uh, same with me and Raven you know, so many other characters got involved. Though they were established, unlike me and Raven, our characters weren't established, but you had woman, uh, you had the purple haze, you had uh, a young Luna Vachon, you had Bob Roop, you had uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, you had Blackjack Mulligan, Barry Windham. You had so many different people trying to fight for what was right in the world and the world of Dusty Rhodes leading the charge. And Florida Championship Wrestling was on fire and the phenomenal business that they did for so, so long. And, you know, besides the bloodshed, but David selling out stadiums on yep. this feud alone and having to continue it week to week. Trust me, it's hard. But like Ricky Morton said and a lot of other wrestlers have said, that's how you fed your families. And to have such a feud where people want to see each other kick the living crap out of each other and a lot then – was a lot of DQs and a lot of uh, false finishes as opposed to what you know we're used to today. But to continue to do that business all throughout on a weekly basis and have all those different swerves where the fans don't know what's going to happen is what was key and why to me and to you, this is the number one feud in professional wrestling because it was, it was the greatest representation of good versus evil. And I know there's a lot of feuds, Tommy, and we talked about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a stir with the Busted Open Nation because, you know, I, I, I'll say it. The, the greatest series of matches that I have ever seen was Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. 
not on the list. A lot of people talk about even recently with, you know, Okada and Omega, you know, not on the list. And to me, those aren't like what you would really define as feuds. Great series of matches, two guys that could work together perfectly, but I wouldn't say that they're feuds. I think when you look at the essence of good versus evil, I really think we did a good job of getting the top 10 greatest feuds of all time. And just to recap, Tommy, before we get your final take, at number 10, Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. At number nine, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. At number eight, Carlos Colon and Abdul the Butcher. At number seven, the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. At number six, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. At number five, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. At number four, Tommy Dreamer and Raven. At number three, Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer. At number two, the Freebirds versus Devon Erickson. At number one, Dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, man. And putting together this list, we've left out so many people. Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk, the Assassins uh, versus Dusty Rhodes, the Funks versus the Briscoes, the list, Dusty Rhodes versus the Koloffs. The list can go on and on. This is ours. This is our opinion. Contact us, uh, us on social media if you feel like we're wrong. But we did the best to what we feel and the reasons why. Yeah, and I think we dived in deep. Again, if you have a problem, hey, use the hashtag top 10 feuds of all time. Tweet us at Busted Open Radio. Again, you could always hear us on Busted Open from 9 to noon, Monday through Saturday on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. We always do a good job, Tommy. Tommy, thank you. Thanks to the Busted Open Nation. We'll talk to you later on right here on Busted Open. This has been Busted Open's Top 10 Feuds Special. Search Busted Open Specials on demand for more great wrestling content. Follow us on Twitter at Busted Open Radio. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.